Good morning, happy Sunday, January 10th, and welcome to Every Day's a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every day of the year. Today's holiday is Houseplant Appreciation Day. Hear ye, hear ye! The Gardener's Network proclaims henceforth that January 10th of each year will be known and dedicated as Houseplant Appreciation Day. We hereby endeavor to make this a very special day for growing, caring for, and loving houseplants. If nothing else, this day will serve as a reminder that you need to give your houseplants a little attention. We want to encourage you to grow and keep houseplants, especially in the winter months. And we want to celebrate the beneficial aspects of houseplants in our lives. By the 10th of January, the holidays are a distant happy memory. We have put the decorations away. Now our houses all look kind of plain and drab inside. As you look around the house, something catches your eye. It's over there, in the corner of the room. It's still green, but it sure looks dry. And it's drooping a bit. Why, it's a houseplant! Funny, but with all of that holiday hullabaloo, you've all but forgotten your plants. Well, aren't your houseplants lucky that the 10th of January has arrived? Today is the day to get back to tending to and loving each and every plant in your home. It's also a day to appreciate just how special and important houseplants are to you. As gardeners, we need to have our hands in some dirt. Caring for them gives us that opportunity. After all, it's a long way to spring when we can get out into the garden again. That entire spiel was taken from the Gardeners Network website, gardenersnet.com, because what better way to explain a holiday than from its source, read in a funny voice? Point being, today is the day to take care of your houseplants. Kristen and I currently have two poinsettia that are just barely hanging on, a snake plant hung in a macrame basket above a desk, a succulent in an adorable elephant pot that has seen better days, and an artificial Christmas tree that we haven't taken down yet. I know, I'm a hypocrite. Having houseplants can not only make your house look nicer and more alive, but they also teach a sense of responsibility that might be good to bring into your home. Apartmenttherapy.com suggests that you celebrate Houseplant Appreciation Day by doing the following. Number one, get a new houseplant. Welcome somebody else into the family. Number two, name your houseplants. We've got Christophern, a dramatic fern of events, Fernie Sanders, and a cactus named Prick. Number three, talk to your plants, or yell at them to make them grow faster. It's not like you need that carbon dioxide. And number four, play music to your plants, because the vibrations of sound waves can actually influence plant growth. I swear it's not complete BS. There are actually scientific articles analyzing this phenomena. Christophern likes indie rock. A dramatic fern of events is on a lo-fi beats kick. Fernie Sanders only listens to Dragon Force solos. And Prick prefers audiobooks. I hope you guys have a fun houseplant appreciation day because I had a lot of fun writing about it. Now let's take a look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. On this day, 101 years ago, the Treaty of Versailles took effect. In short, the Treaty of Versailles was the most important of the peace treaties that brought World War I to an end. Signed on June 28, 1919, one of the most important and controversial provisions of the treaty required, quote, Germany to accept responsibility for causing all the loss and damage during the war. 
This article, Article 231, later became known as the War Guilt Clause. Germany had to then disarm itself, concede several major territorial claims, and pay reparations to certain countries in the Allied forces. The reparations ended up costing Germany 132 billion gold marks, which translated to American currency today would be about 442 billion dollars. The Treaty of Versailles may have marked an official end to World War I, but it completely screwed Germany economically. Historians later on, and even members of the Allied forces at the time, went back and forth on if this punishment was too harsh or not. And seeing as it put Germany into a massive debt, and as a result spurred a lot of German resentment that would somewhat fuel the rise of the Nazi party, I'd say yeah, it was a bit too harsh. I choose to take it as an important reminder not to be a sore winner, because if victory isn't handled with grace and respect, it can lead the loser to develop quiet indignation and hateful desires for revenge. So be a graceful winner and encourage or lift up the losers in your life. Okay, that, that didn't come out exactly right. Hey, look! It's time to commemorate the births and deaths of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. <laughs> Today is Pat Benatar's 68th birthday. Patricia May Giraldo was born on January 10, 1953, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, New York, to Andrew and Patricia May Andrzejewski. From a young age, her mother had inspired a love for music and theater in Pat. She reportedly sang her first solo when she was eight years old, singing a song called It Must Be Spring at the Daniel Street Elementary School. Throughout high school, Pat starred in musical theater productions and later was accepted into Juilliard, but she declined to pursue health education at Stony Brook University in 1971 instead. Pat dropped out of Stony Brook a year later, though, and married her high school sweetheart Dennis Benatar at 19 years old. The couple moved to Fort Lee, Virginia, where Dennis was stationed, and Pat found work as a bank teller in Richmond, Virginia. And that's about it. Pat Benatar stayed as a bank teller forever and got so good at it that she became renowned the world over for being the very best at receiving deposits and processing loan payments. And that's obviously false. Pat Benatar wasn't very satisfied with her life as a housewife and bank teller. And after seeing Liza Minnelli perform a concert in Richmond, she quit her job and joined a small cabaret band that played busy nightclubs in the same city. Her music career began to ramp up from there, and on Halloween 1977, she gained a lot of recognition when she entered a costume contest at the Café Figaro in Greenwich Village dressed as a Catwoman of the Moon. And then she kept the costume on when her and her band performed a set at Catch a Rising Star later that night. She continued to perform in costumes, developing her distinct spandex stage persona. She was then signed by British record label Chrysalis Records in 1978. And the rest is history for you to discover. Between then and now, Pat Benatar has become an American rock singer-songwriter and four-time Grammy Award winner. She has had two multi-platinum albums, five platinum albums, and 15 Billboard Top 40 singles. She has been married to her second husband, Neil Giraldo, since 1982, and they now live in the Los Angeles area with their two daughters. Happy birthday, Pat Benatar! January 10th is also the death day anniversary of David Bowie, who passed away five years ago today. David Bowie died at his Lafayette Street home in New York City, having suffered from liver cancer for 18 months. He died two days after the release of his 25th studio album Black Star, which coincided with his 69th birthday. 
I spoke about David Bowie a couple of days ago on his birthday, so if you'd like to learn a bit more about his life, please go back two days and listen to the January 8th episode. Rest in peace, David Bowie. In your honor, I'm going to listen to Nature Boy and watch The Labyrinth tonight. Lastly, let's find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in our final segment, Listener Celebrations. Today is Bethany's 26th birthday. Bethany, if you're listening, happy birthday and congrats on your marriage. That was smart, getting married before you turn 26. Gotta get that whole not being on your parents' insurance thing covered. Anyway, way to make it past a quarter century of life, Bethany. Happy birthday. Thank you for sharing your celebrations with us, and if you are celebrating anything like a birthday, an anniversary, or any special occasion, please shoot me a message at everydaysaholidaypod on Instagram. Thank you for joining me in today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. Please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts to let me know what you think of the show, and tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on Monday, January 11th. Enjoy today, and catch you tomorrow. 